1: you <laughs> Here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley.
2: Hello, hello. Welcome to It's Your Life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. My radio audience at the KCBQ, how are you doing? How you doing out there, family? How are you doing? Hey, uh, I tell you, we got this absolutely fantastic guest here today that's going to talk to us about why sometimes we have the mood changes or uh, this uh, mood disorder. It could be based on the foods that we eat. And, uh, and just like I was, I was telling, uh, the, uh, the other audience that, uh, I-, I might be affected by that today because I'm not feeling the best today, but that's okay. Some days we're like that, but I might be finding out real soon that it's something that I ate or something that I didn't eat. And so, uh, I want to get this thing started. And Michelle, you have started doing the intro. Can you uh, repeat the title of the show? And can you, uh, Uh, Also, uh, tell uh, our listeners and viewers the purpose of today's show.
3: Yes, the title of the show is, Is Your Food Giving You a Mood Disorder? And the purpose of the show is getting to know neurologists, neuroscientists, and author Dr. Corey Chaudhary, discuss what is dosha type and the three diverse types, discuss the different types of foods to avoid depending on your dosha that could be affecting your mood, and getting to know and discussing what Ayurveda medicine is.
2: Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, please introduce uh, uh, this great guest so she can uh, explain what some of those things are that you just said.
3: Yes. Okay. Dr. Kori MD, is a neuro, neurologist, neuroscientist, and an internationally recognized expert in the ancient practice of Ayurvedic medicine. She earned her medical degree at Loma Linda University of Medicine, completed her internship at University of California, Los Angeles, and neurology residency at University of California, San Diego. She is the author of The Prime and Sound Medicine and is a pioneer in the field of integrative medicine and And as a highly sought after speaker, researcher, and advisor for Healthy Directions, she is the former director of Wellspring Health in Scripps Memorial Hospital, where she successfully combined conventional treatments with Ayurvedic practices of detoxification, diet, and lifestyle management to help patients effectively manage chronic neurological disorders such as multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, and migraine headaches. Her program was so successful that it's now used for a wide range of health concerns, including weight issues and chronic disease. Through her integrative approach, chartery teaches her patients about the connection between mind, body, and spirit – which impacts every aspect of health, both physically and mentally. Chaudhary also has extensive media experience, including being the regular medical contributor for The Dr. Oz Show, The James Cooley Show. It's your live. Welcome, Dr.
4: Corey Chaudhary. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Dr.
2: Chaudhary, how Hi, are you doing? I'm doing
4: good. Look at this beautiful couple. It's, <laughs> it's such a joy to be here with you guys. Especially oh, it's such an absolute pleasure to have you, you
2: because... Uh, I, I think you get ready to tell uh, me some news that the way that I might be feeling today was uh, because of something <laughs> I didn't eat or something. Like that. But I'm, I'm, I'm,
5: I'm now, ready for
2: it.
4: Mm-hmm. But James, that part's easy. We've got to figure out how to make you feel better. We've got to figure out what you did, and then we've got to undo it. So we've got to do both. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know. So you, you're absolutely right, and uh, I want to get this started. Dr. Chaudhary, can you tell our, our viewers and our listeners of where you grew up and what what did uh, family help shape you into the person that you are today and all the things that you, all the great things that you are done?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think family shapes all of us, right, in everything we do. And mine was no different. I was actually born in India and moved here with my family when I was four years old. And so it's this East-West combination of my own experiences that very much, you know, changed my perspective on health and medicine. And so from an early age, you know, we were practicing Ayurvedic medicine, which is the ancient healing tradition in India, but we never called it Ayurvedic medicine because it was just the way that we ate. We ate a certain way, we, you know, meditated, we did yoga. Um, if my sister and I got sick, which wasn't very often, you know, my mom oftentimes reached for the turmeric and honey before she would take us to a doctor's office. So these, these things were just a part of our life. But, you know, when I got to medical school, I thought I knew better. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute, I've been practicing village medicine, and kind of turned my nose up to it. And of course, that was the first time that I started getting sick. And so ultimately, It was through my own healing journey when I developed migraine headaches as a neurologist that I eventually came back to these practices because, you know, it was the best I ever felt and I couldn't figure out why why I was no longer feeling as healthy as I had most of my life once I gave it up.
2: Wow. Did did you always want to be a doctor or was it just... uh... Uh, from what age, if you did (laughs) that, that mean, really
4: from the earliest memories that I have. And my grandfather was a physician. He was um, the physician for the village that I grew up in. And he was just so beloved. He had people coming from all over India to come and see him. And I was, of course, like the apple of his eye because I was the first grandchild. And so he used to carry me on his shoulders to his clinic. I can still remember the green paint you know in the clinic and the thing i remember the most was you know not just that the the pills or the other medications he gave but i remember how much he loved his patients and so it's you know i think in part because of just how much i loved my grandfather um, but I think it was just that exchange of love that I was so drawn to how healing that was that I don't remember a time where I did not want to be a doctor.
3: Wow. So what made you decide on in the career of being a, a neurologist and a neuroscientist? You're like, you're, you, you got to.
4: You're <laughs> you. We'll talk about more later. <laughs> yeah, I've got I- I've got a love affair with the brain, Michelle. That's really what it is. I love it. And I just love learning more and more about it. When I did my, you know, when I went to medical school, I just, I loved so many different disciplines. And there was a time where I thought I'm going to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. And then I loved psychiatry. Almost everything I did, I found some kind of value in it and really enjoyed the experience. But when I hit neurology, it was really like love at first sight, um, because I realized that the brain was something I could study for the rest of my life. You know, the brain, the nervous system and the mind was something that I could study for the rest of my life and I would never master it. And I thought that was really exciting that I could memorize everything about the brain, I could memorize everything about the nervous system, but I could still, even after all that study, never be able to explain some of the mysteries of the mind. So that's what captivated me. And it's really been exactly that. It's been a lifelong quest to understanding the mind. And that is one of the reasons why Ayurvedic medicine has been um, so rewarding, because it really taught me the connection between the mind and the gut, which is what we're going to talk about.
3: Exactly. You know, my brother's a pediatrician. He said he knew by the age of six that he knew he wanted to be in the medical field. And he also knew he wanted to be a pediatrician. I mean, sometimes you just
4: have. Sometimes you, Yeah, sometimes it's just I look at it as like, something has already locked you in and pulled you towards a direction because it has so much of what you want to contribute, you know, on the planet, whether it's to your immediate like patient population or on a more public basis. Um, You know, medicine was that for me. I just I knew this is this was my purpose in life.
3: Well, great. Now, nah, right, go for it, Michelle. Go dosha. for it. Wind it up. I don't, I don't know what it is. A lot of people don't know what it is. Tell us. And we got two minutes before the break.
4: But can you start? What is a dosha? Yeah, let's get kind of a high level view. Dosha is a mind-body type, and I think one of the reasons why we're always looking for like, you know, a certain diet for a certain type or certain supplements for certain types is there is this ancient knowledge in understanding that we do have mind-body types, and there's three in Ayurveda, and so the the doshas are the way in which you approach everything about your health, so that's kind of like an introductory perspective to doshas. We'll dive in deeper. Wow. Wow.
2: So, so that's uh say that again about dosha one more time because uh, dosha is
4: from- yeah it's they're they're the mind body types and there's three vata pitta and kapha and like James you were saying what did I what could I have eaten today that might have led to the the headache so that would be dependent on your dosha type and we can kind of unravel that mystery but dosha tell you everything about yourself they tell you how to live how to eat they make being you a lot easier.
2: Wow. I tell you, we're going to take a station break, but when we get back, we're going to pick it up from Dosha, (laughs) and we're going to really get an opportunity to uh, dig up deep into that and uh, continue our great conversation with this great doctor. If you want to be part of this conversation, go to the comments, and just uh, send your comments in. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll see you shortly after the break.
5: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life
1: with James Cooley. Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audio are sold.
6: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170
1: San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. i tell you that
2: uh, uh, we are getting ready to dive off into uh, a lot of the meat of this topic and I can't wait. You know, I'm sitting <laughs> back and I'm going to let Michelle handle most of this, but I'm going to be all ears on this one because we're going to talk about what was what that about, Dosha? Dosha. <laughs> <yes. That laughs> so is. I want to pick it up from there. But I tell you, uh, our listeners and viewers, if you want to be part of this conversation, go to the comments and just ask this great doctor any question that you want to. I'll make sure that we put it up and that that uh, you get the answer. So want to pick it back up with Dosha, though. You was explaining what that what that mean the three different uh, phases of up Can can you go back into that again, please?
4: Absolutely. So there's three doshas, and most of us actually have a combination of two. But at different times, one will become dominant. So the three doshas are vata, pitta, and kapha. And when you figure out which dosha you are, and particularly which dosha is out of balance, you then have the key basically to unlocking your health. So let's go through the three doshas so that you can start getting a sense of which one you might be. So the vata dosha is the first dosha and vata dosha, they're naturally slender. They're very small boned. They tend to do everything fast. So they think fast, talk fast, forget fast. And Vata tends to be very enthusiastic, and I like thinking of cartoon characters that kind of epitomize these doshas. So the Road Runner—if you know, am I aging myself by mentioning the Road Runner? But the Road Runner is a great archetype of the Vata dosha. So for Vata individuals, when they're in balance, they are energetic, um, as I mentioned, very creative and enthusiastic. But when they get out of balance, they can have a tendency towards insomnia, constipation, um, other bowel irregularities. And if they eat the wrong diet, it can actually predispose them to anxiety. So what would be the wrong diet for a vatha dosha? It would be eating a lot of cold foods, cold vegetables, raw diet. This is disastrous for a vatha And so people who are constantly drinking that you know, cold drink or on a raw vegan diet, and have a vata dosha predominance, they're going to notice that over time they're feeling worse and worse, and they're they're actually getting more and more anxious. Wow!
3: <laughs> so um, you mentioned the vata, the vata yeah. type dosha people are. You said... Slender, or small bones, so to speak. Is that all the time? Do they always
4: have to fit that um, body type? So that's of- a good question. A it's, it means that that's how they're born. Now, of course, if a vata individual is eating the wrong diet and not digesting food, they'll eventually gain weight. But then, what happens is they develop a kapha imbalance. And so, let me talk a little bit more about the other doses and it'll make like a little more sense. What I- I mean by balance. Okay. So our, our second dosha is the pitha dosha, and the pitha dosha is the fiery dosha. And so they tend to be medium build, you know, um good muscle tone, very, very focused, high achievers. And when they're in balance, like I said, they tend to be very bright individuals, um, they are very task oriented and organized. But when they get out of balance, they can develop things like rashes, diarrhea, and a lot of the itises, a lot of the inflammatory conditions because of all that excess heat. So when Pitta individuals eat heated foods like chili, garlic, um, drinking fermented drinks like kombucha, or heating drinks like alcohol, they can develop those imbalances, but they can also develop Anger and irritability. Now, for James, usually when you develop a headache, there's some kind of abnormality with the pitodosia. So when when we look at individuals who are like regularly having headaches, for example, we'll oftentimes look at okay, are you eating a lot of spicy foods in particular? And so, James, do you mind if I put you just a little bit on the on the spot? Can you think of anything maybe in the last twenty four hours? that maybe was like a little bit heating or even being out in the sun for prolonged periods or being out in the sun during the hottest times of the day, that can also trigger um, a pit and bounce. Okay, so Michelle's <laughs> so, uh, like, oh, well, I know what's going on. <laughs>
2: so this morning, when I, uh, normally I get up well, in Cali, just like you, uh, and I do my hike probably about seven o'clock. I went on an extended hike this morning and um, it took me about three hours. And by the time I was about a, a mile away from the house, I was almost crawling. Yeah. That, that heat was—it was there, and I wasn't used to getting that heat like that. Yeah. And so uh, that's what happened today, I believe.
4: And so imagine. Just like that heat was coming from your environment, imagine that same kind of heat coming from your foods and it would trigger the same kind of biochemical reaction. And so that can also lead to things like, you know, headaches. So for Pitta individuals, we recommend Cooling foods, So green leafy vegetables, coconut water is excellent. So James, like for today, I would recommend, you know, if you can get access to some coconut water, that helps to cool down pitta. There are certain foods like aloe vera or aloe vera juice that also help to cool down pitta. Melons are naturally cooling. But for pitta individuals, we want to keep them away from all the heating foods. And that includes even things like citrus, which people don't usually think of as heating, but they're acidic foods. And then finally, we have the kapha dosha. And so the kapha dosha is the largest build. And they tend to be slower in their speech, slower in their movements. And they're just very, very steady, very loyal individuals. And kapha, when it stays in balance, it has unbelievable endurance. They're very compassionate people, um, you know they have beautiful singing voices. They have a tremendous amount of sturdiness, both physically and in their personality. But when they get out of balance, they can tend to gaining weight. They can tend to the development of growths, um, conditions like diabetes, and if they're eating the wrong diet, then they have a tendency towards depression. So the ideal diet for a coffee individual, which is always horrifying for coffee people to hear because they're such foodies, but the ideal diet is a vegan diet. So not a lot of meat. It doesn't mean you have to be vegan all the time, but just having more of a vegan diet. So not a lot of meat, not a lot of dairy, you know, and also minimizing the sugar for coffee individuals. And when they eat like that, they're ridiculously healthy. But if they're eating a lot of ice cream, a heavy diet in meat, a lot of cheese and snacking a lot of sugars, they develop a cough imbalance and then that can result in depression. Wow. So besides the description you've given us, we're going to three um, different dosha type. to an Ayurvedic practitioner. You can at least use the quiz to start getting to know what you lean towards. So we have a dosha quiz on our website, com. You can go through the quiz and it'll tell you your predominant type. Now, James, can I pick on you again, just because we, I had made that promise that we were going to do something to try to help out your symptoms?
2: Absolutely.
4: Can I pick on you? All right. So James is a combination of both the kapha dosha and the pitta dosha. And like I said, most people are a combination. Now, that's my favorite combination just because it's so sturdy, but it's also so organized. And they tend to be really good in like businesses and other projects just because they have that stability with that organization. And so Depending on the time of year, because different times of year there different doshas will go up. So in the summertime, because it's so hot, that's when pitta tends to get more out of balance. So when you go into the summertime and you go into that summer heat, you've got to do things to start cooling yourself down for the summer. But then when you get into the springtime, um, late winter, spring, that's kafa season, that's when you've got to be really cautious about eating any of those heavy foods. So that's how you would approach this knowledge of the doshas. You would look at, you know, where are you starting from? And then what are the different things that are impacting it? And how can you optimize your health under all conditions? And that's what I love about you know the knowledge of the doshas is it's so empowering and you know what there's so many times where we make judgments about ourselves like oh i'm just a flighty person or oh i've got anger management issues or oh you know i um i just get down in the dumps you know I, i'm just somebody who struggles with depression because i just have low energy but all of those things are just reflections of a dosha out of balance and so a lot of the ways in which we judge ourselves are really just a reflection of an imbalance. And when you correct the imbalance, you're back to your your prime self. You're back to your best self. And there's no judgment involved. It's just the science of living.
2: Yeah. Wow. A, I, I think she just good. diagnosed me on, on a lot of different... Uh, I, I, I might be a combination of all three of those. <laughs>
3: I'm going to take that quiz on the site because I'm seeing myself as the first one, the bottom type. <laughs> you know, a little little smaller build, talk fast. I always
4: say that's a New Yorker in me, but maybe I just... It's a Vata New Yorker in you. And you know what? I was just thinking about this too. What a great combination because between the two of you, you have all three doshas. And actually, you know, it is very harmonious when Vata individuals marry somebody that have Kawha in them because they're very grounding. And so they help to kind of ground, you know, some of Vata's tendency to like, oh, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. And then like the Kapha individual kind of helps to ground that. But then the Vata individual helps keep the Kapha individual, you know, moving forward. So it's just about understanding who you are, understanding like who your family members are. And that just brings a lot of tolerance. And I think a lot of appreciation. And James, to your point about, you know, hey, I think I have all three. Your constitution is predominantly one, but you can still have an imbalance in the other one, and that oftentimes comes because of lifetime um, lifestyle choices or or diet, you know, or um, like stress that can bring on a dosha imbalance that is not native to you.
2: Wow. You know, uh, uh, my producer's telling me that I have to take a station break. I don't want to. Like, Tom, don't beat <laughs> me. <laughs> we
4: won't take it personally, Todd. <laughs> we understand. We're going to take a
2: station break, but uh, we're going to come back. We're just going to pick it up because this is a extremely interesting conversation. If you want to be part of the conversation, I'm feeling better already. Go to the comments section and put your comments and ask the question. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break.
5: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your
2: Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, and in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who thinks they're stuck in life, or
0: Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com.
1: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley.
2: Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. And uh, like I was saying, that uh, uh, we was off into that conversation. I almost missed the break. <laughs> but I, I, I can't miss the break because we gotta pay the bills, and and uh, this is so intriguing. And uh, Doc, I'm gonna be honest with you, I do feel better already. I mean, I, I, I and Michelle, I, I got the show. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Hey, I, just understanding of the way that you are explaining this, it kind of puts everything in context, I believe. Yes,
4: and, and we, we uh, have a saying in Ayurveda, James. I'm so sorry, James, for cutting you off. I, okay. I, you just inspired a thought in me, of exactly what you were saying. We have a saying in Ayurveda that, you know, knowledge or wisdom is purifying, meaning it even purifies the body. Like just se- having self understanding, knowing yourself, and knowing why something happens, that in and of itself balances the body and mind. So it's it's exactly to what you were saying.
2: Wow, you know, um, I'm not might not be able to ask this ask this question right because I can't even pronounce the word. But I'm a try, <laughs> you know. So uh, you, you mentioned uh, you, you didn't. You mentioned different type of medicines or mm-hmm. different type of uh, things, uh, and you got uh, something in your bio called are uh, uh, Are you Ayurvedic medicine? Ayurvedic
4: yeah. Ayurvedic medicine, yes. Mm-hmm. And Ayurveda actually just translates into the science of life. And it's really simple. People sometimes go, oh, Ayurvedic medicine, that must be something really foreign or different. And I said, well, a lot of the health trends that you see today actually come from Ayurvedic medicine, which is thousands and thousands of years old. And there was a reason why it lasted so long. And the foundations of Ayurvedic medicine are really simple. One, food is medicine, and that's why food is so important and why digestion is so important. And the entire gut-brain connection is critical to health. And second, that health as well as disease is predominantly a result of our habits And even in modern medicine, we know that. We know that, you know, 95% of diseases that are being treated are really lifestyle related. They're not something that you're destined for. They're something that get expressed after repetitive um, habits in a particular direction. We might have a genetic predisposition, but that does not mean that we have to develop it. And the whole modern dialogue around the microbiome, well, that's a thousand-year-old conversation stemming from Ayurveda, how... Gut health really is the basis for all health. So a lot of these, you know, kind of modern trends and and scientifically proven um, new discoveries in medicine, we can trace back to Ayurveda. And it's just, it's a very simple system. It's all about connection, staying connected to yourself, staying connected to each other and staying connected to nature to Dr. Chaudere, you know, conventional
3: practices along with Ayurvedic medicine practices, how does it help those um, people going through or suffering from chronic mm-hmm. neurological disorders? You know, you got Alzheimer's, Mark Parkinson's disease, mm-hmm. migraine
4: headaches. Can you kind of go into that? Absolutely. I mean, that's basically what I built my entire career doing. And, you know, the beauty of it for me, Michelle, is, in neurology in particular, we see a lot of conditions that, like I was trained, and I had an excellent training, but I was trained that these aren't conditions that you can really reverse. They're conditions that you can maybe modify a little bit, but mainly it's symptom relief. And the beauty in Ayurvedic medicine was that I found, because of this connection through you know, the gut and the brain and the influence, but also just the way in which habits can change neurochemistry... I found ways that you could actually modulate disease so that somebody who came in with MS, they didn't have to be in a wheelchair. You know, it wasn't like for certain that, Oh, this has to get worse. And, you know, conditions like migraine headaches, I oftentimes didn't have to use any medications at all. We would just simply, you know, give people the recommendations for how to balance um, in migraine headaches. It's usually a combination of pitta and vata, just how to balance it through food, through lifestyle. And also give seasonal recommendations so that we would prevent the onset, you know, of these headaches during particular seasons. So it went from, you know, writing a prescription and hang, hand, handing it out for the treatment everything to sitting down with my patients, understanding, first of all, what was their journey? You know, how did they get there in the first place? Because every disease has a journey. And then coming up with a plan for how to get out. And we did it together. And it didn't have to happen all overnight. You know, it wasn't like, okay, you're going to change everything you're doing in three months. We did it small steps. But when you take a step that leads to success, you're more likely to take the next step. You know, small steps of success lead to really big gains.
3: Well, Dr. Chaudhary, when you talk about Ayurvedic medicine, it's known for spices and herbs. Can you talk about those specific spices and herbs and how they can help a person with a specific dosha type regarding, you know,
4: their moods? Absolutely. So in Ayurveda, your kitchen really becomes your pharmacy. And this is the best part because um, my my, my kitchen is, (laughs) it is the most stocked room in my house. and it's because i've got kind of like a different cure for anything that could possibly come up but it's all you know it's all natural and i'm in control over it and so there's certain spices like you know turmeric powder which you've probably heard of and those are balancing for all of the doshas and so these are the kinds of things that i say look just find a way to add this into your cooking one way or another because it has so many benefits it's such a strong anti-inflammatory but then even according to dosha and Michelle, I do this according to the season, depending on which dosha is predominant. My fridge will look differently because I'm I'm cooking and I'm eating for balancing that particular season. So for Vata, for example, so this would be great for you, Michelle. Um, adding ginger, you know, into your food. Ginger is so good for Vata, so grounding, so helpful for Vata digestion. For pitha dosha, there is it's, it's both an herb and a food so I use it in my cooking, but you can also get it as an herb and it's called omelet powder. And so during the summertime, we add that into all of our cooking because it helps to cool you down and just, you know, um, half a teaspoon into your meals is, is enough. And it has a naturally, um, uh, sour taste to it, even though it balances, but it has a little bit of a sour taste to it. And so you could play, you know, put that in your food in place of lemon. And then for kapha, if there's not an associated balance, imbalance, you know, spices and foods that are heating. So, um, adding things like black pepper, onions, garlic, that's all fantastic for balancing kapha. So, you know, instead of looking at like, okay, I've got to go out and get this prescription, or I've got to go out and get this supplement you can go directly to your kitchen and find ways to balance your dosha. And that's, I mean, it's fun. It's fun being able to have that kind of control. I think that is great having that
3: type of control, you know, natural herbs and spices. Well, you know, we talked about all the three dosha types. So let's talk about, you know, sweets in general. Sweets. No wants to know about sugar. <laughs> it could be sugar. It can either be salt. I'm not a salt person. I'm more of a sweets person. Some people just love adding the extra salt. That, that, that just turns me mm-hmm. off. But... And also sweets and salt and also eating right before you go to bed. You're like, you're up there, you're eating sweets and salty stuff and it's
4: time to go to bed. How does that affect the, the, the different types of dosha types and their moods? So this is great. So you're going to be surprised by what I'm going to say because some people should be eating sweets. Okay. And so let's go over that. So sweet tastes are balancing to some of the doshas. It's actually balancing to both vata and pitta. But it, it has to do with what type of sweet are you using? You know, I'm not talking about like the processed, white bleached sugar. I'm talking about the kind of sweets that would come from eating fruits from healthy sugars like jaggery. Michelle, jaggery would be great for you. It's really, really good for vata. It's a type of um, minimally processed um, sugar. Really, it's just sugar cane juice that's dried up. Mm -hmm. And according to your dosha, if you eat it at specific times, it'll be balancing. So for vata, during certain times of the day, the doshas will become predominant. So vata hours from two to six, um, both in the morning and in the afternoon. So if you scheduled having a little sweet- a healthy sweet like maybe a soaked date or let's say you know Michelle you're really thin so you know sweets are perfectly fine for you but let's say you have a vata imbalance but you're trying to avoid sugar eating something that has a sweet taste like a cardamom pod a green cardamom pod during the vata hour will actually help to balance vata and it'll lower your overall sweet cravings for unhealthy sugars so for you, Michelle, like I would schedule every day, maybe like one or two soaked dates between two to six. And what you'll notice is that you just won't have as much of a lull during that time. You'll stay more even. Um, it'll give you energy. Now for kapha dosha, right? And we talked about how sugar wasn't healthy for kapha dosha, They need to minimize all sugars, but there is one sugar that is really good for kapha dosha and that is honey. So I mentioned before that I love like the different cartoon characters that represent the doshas because it's just good archetypes. So there's a very famous kapha um, archetype that we grew up with, Winnie the Pooh. And of course, what does Winnie the Pooh love? He loves honey. And the honey is very balancing for kapha. It's one of the sugars because it's heating that actually helps to reduce, you know, the kapha dosha. So I would say choose healthier sugars and then depending on your dosha, schedule when to have it. Like for kafa, for example, have the honey during, you know, the kafa time simply because it helps to reduce kapha And And those are usually from um, about 6 to 10 in the morning and then 6 to 10 in the evening. And for for Pitta, Pitta hour is from 10 a.m. to about 2 p.m. and then 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So that, you know, for a Pitta person, have a little dessert after lunch because that will help to cool down the Pitta. But again, a healthy dessert.
2: Wow. (laughs) This
4: is
2: (laughs) is extraordinary. This is is great. We're going to take another station break. (laughs) But when we come back from the station break, we're going to jump right back in here. And I'm going to ask my great producer what What are his thoughts on the conversation that uh, that, yeah, that 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 uh, that we're we're talking about? So awesome! I and Michelle,
4: I'm going to get back to your question too about eating at night. I haven't forgotten. Okay, great, great, doctor.
2: <laughs> so we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and we're going to pick it up, and I'm going to see what my main man Todd,
4: <laughs> what
2: are his thoughts is. As I relate to this great topic, it's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back shortly.
5: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley.
6: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and
1: Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley.
2: Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life, and I tell you, learning so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I, I, I tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, uh, we got to have, uh, Michelle, you got to reach back out to our peeps. Uh, We're we, we going to have to do this again and 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 continue to learn. And I'm, I'm just putting that out now. Show ain't over yet. We still got a whole segment. Uh, but, uh, this is so interesting. And this is, uh, uh, I think that we all need to understand uh, the, the things that you're talking about and how they are so important to the way that we live our lives, the way that we treat the way that we feel, I mean, et cetera. I think all those things are important. So uh, I got to ask my great producer who's sitting back, I know, listening to every word. What what is his thoughts uh on what he had heard so far? Todd, uh my great producer, can you tell our, our viewers and our listeners what what are your thoughts?
7: Well, this very very interesting show so far and we've learned a lot. I think some of the things we kinda know, but you know, some of us put our health on the back burner, but you know, it's so important that we, you know, are conscious of what we're doing. But it makes sense with the food and the and the body types. It's kinda like if you have you know, you have different cars out there and uh, different cars yes. require different fuel. If you put the wrong fuel, you yes. know, if you put uh, uh, motorbike uh, fuel into a uh, regular car, uh, it's not going to run well. So you kind of, yes. you know, want, want the pre, you know, the best uh, fuel for your for your body or your different body type. And I think uh, after she described the CAFA body type as being kind of like Winnie the Pooh. Then I, I, because I didn't know which one, which body I was type at first, but as soon as she said Winnie the Pooh, I go, okay, I'm, I'm Kaffa for sure.
4: That's great. But but
2: this, this is such an interesting conversation, and, uh, and, uh, and I believe that uh, anyone that's listening to that, they're trying to figure out where they fit in at. Now you kind of got me with the Winnie the Pooh as well, because you know, I, (laughs) I, I watch Winnie the Pooh. Uh I watched uh, Tigger.
4: <laughs> I watched, yeah, I mean, come on, who hasn't?
2: I'm talking about in uh the wonderful thing about oh well you already know. I ain't gonna go all off into that. <laughs> but uh <laughs> it's
7: it is it is like thing. simple simple things like she said, you know, for someone with a calf body type to to do honey instead of sugar. Yeah, and that's
4: and, and you know the beauty of it too, Todd is Even though like coffee, for example, does so well on a vegan diet, it doesn't mean like you have to go vegan overnight. Like you can do meatless Mondays, you know, like you can make these small changes and then see, Okay, so at what point am I feeling good? And let that be your set point. It's not like you've got to throw everything out. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just making like the little changes, like adding in, you know, honey as your main sweetener.
7: Yeah. And you know, the thing is that when you're eating, you know, when you got it all dialed in, it is amazing how much better you feel, you know, when I'm eating healthy and I'm eating, you know, mostly vegetarian type or, you know, mostly vegetable, you know, in my diet of that day, I feel so much better than if I was to have fast food or sugar, you know, you really can almost within your diet for that day, you instantly see an effect on yourself. It's
4: exactly right. It's instantaneous. And Todd, you brought up honey again, I should give one little caveat to honey. You never heat up honey. So honey actually releases a toxin when you heat it up. So, you know, we're promoting honey so much, but always, um, like if you're going to add it into a liquid, wait till the liquid is comfortable to touch before you add it in. Now, this is something that's been described in Ayurveda, but we've also found that, you know, in modern science, that when you heat up honey it actually releases a toxin into the body
7: wow and wow. i wonder you know so many people put their honey in their tea their hot tea yeah, so
4: i know or bake with honey Uh-oh. you know so don't Stay bake away. with it and don't add it into anything hot until it's comfortable to touch then it's perfectly fine i, I can't see. bake with honey Whoa. make sure it's cool <laughs> the, put, it on, put it on your cold. on your <laughs> We, we broke James. We broke James. Call, call it.
3: <laughs> oh, no, no, we don't really use honey that much. We do have it, but um, that's interesting. Would you say not to bake with honey? Not to
4: bake with it, not to heat it up. That's the only thing. Oh, cook it up, the- coconut palm sugar is also. I'm sorry, James. I'm actually bad an your reaction. <laughs>
2: You know what I what I mean, Doc, is um, uh, honey. I like to make this honey salmon. You know, and they mm. you know, spread it all oh, on. Oh no,
4: I hear you. But is there a way to? I uh, know I hear you. I hear you. I love I love those tastes too. But it's just once it heats up to a certain point, mm-hmm. you're you're not you're doing more harm than you are good, you know? And so this, this body does so much for us and we rely on this mind for everything. And that's why I always look at it like, okay, so you're doing so much for me. What can I do back for you?
2: That's a great way of looking, looking at that. And uh, I mean, all of this information is like I said, doc, is so valuable because uh, probably 95% of us that's uh, listening and watching this show did not know about any of these things, especially Mm -hmm. the door I mean, I I mean, I didn't. I, mean, I was trying to figure out where you were going to go with that when um, I when I'm looking at all this on um, doing the research.
4: And I'll tell you, <laughs> the second you know, and as soon as you just start making little changes, mm-hmm. it's just like what Todd says. It's in that day you start to feel better. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get back to Michelle's um, question just because this is one of the things that you can do to really, really feel good. And Michelle, you nailed it and it's about eating late. So we talked about different times of the day having different doshas. And so kapha dosha naturally has kind of sluggish, you know, digestion. And kapha hour is the evening hours. And it's when your body's trying to prepare, you know, for going to bed. So starting around 6pm, you start going into kapha hour and it lasts till 10pm. And so kapha that has sluggish digestion, our digestion during the evening hours of kafa gets sluggish. So it gets really heavy, and we get kind of really heavy, and that's to prepare for sleep. So when you eat past 6 p.m., you're not digesting the food. And they've even done studies where if you eat the same number of calories, but you eat more at lunch, which is pit the hour, which is when your digestion is the strongest, your heat is the highest you'll lose weight just from shifting your calories from the evening to the middle of the day. And, you know, that is a recommendation across the board. And I, I was laughing when I first heard about intermittent fasting because it became like this huge trend, like, Oh, it's a secret to longevity. I'm like, well, in Ayurveda, we never called it intermittent fasting. We called it eating. You just don't eat once the sun sets. You know, that was just the way that, Things were. And that's a recommendation across the board. And for anyone who is eating late, just try it for one week where you do not eat after the sun sets, and you'll be amazed how light you feel in the morning. And also how less thirsty you are. I -hmm. realize when I eat
3: late at night, the next morning, I'm just really thirsty. And I'm like, why am I eating? It's because, you know, whether it's sugar or whatever ingredients in it, it's just, it makes you more thirsty. But I'm going to ask you one quick question before James gets to you. What about the the three different dosha types? What about women who are
4: going through menopause? Oh, man. I am so glad you brought this up. So women should not go through menopause until they know their dosha because it changes everything. Like you should just be like, body, stop. I'm going to go learn about my dosha. Then we'll do this. Because menopause and perimenopause, which Michelle, that starts in our late 30s. We start going into perimenopause and the hormonal changes in our late 30s. And that is a time where both Vata and Pitta go nuts. I mean, there's just all of these fluctuations because of the hormonal changes. And if you know that that's coming, and like, thank God I knew that that was coming, you can do things ahead of time that help to balance those doses so that you're not experiencing all the ups and downs of menopause. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's absolutely no symptoms because modern life in and of itself just isn't very balanced and especially for women. And so, you know, there may still be some symptoms, but I'm just amazed at how minimal you can make them when you understand your dosha, especially when you take the appropriate herbs. And there's three in particular I love giving to women as they go through menopause. And um, it's a combination of Brahmi, Ashwagandha and Shankapushpi. I love that name, Shanka pushby, um, but that combination of herbs, it just brings sanity back because it just evens out the impact that the fluctuating hormones are having. And it minimizes a lot of just like some of the crazy symptoms that you don't even think about, like losing your hair, you know, losing elasticity in your skin, which all this stuff seems to happen like overnight, you know, as you're starting to go through these hormonal transitions. And Michelle, here's the here's a big payoff too. when you can balance vata and pitta during perimenopause and menopause. You don't tend to have that sudden accumulation of kapha that leads to the weight gain that results for so many women as they're going into menopause or after menopause. You know, and women on average gain more than 10 pounds on average, more than that just during this time. And it's, it's the kapha that comes in because these other two doshas get so out of balance. It's trying to balance the body out. And so working on, you know, keeping your digestion balanced um, according to your dosha and seeing, you know, how vatha is playing and how pitha is playing during menopause, eating appropriately and taking appropriate herbs. It's just, it's night and day. I mean, it's really, it just, it makes all of the difference in the world. And you know what's great, Michelle, is a lot of the herbs that help women during menopause also help teenagers during puberty. So I'm in the perimenopausal period, and my son is going through puberty, and we're on the exact same herbs. And I'll tell you, I I don't think there's been a perimenopausal mom that has had as good of a relationship with her teenage son as he and I have. And we we both complain about our hormones.
2: Well, we're down to the last 30 seconds of the show and uh i i i i'm I'm telling you uh, uh, we gotta do this again we get because I there's so you. many things that are but real quickly if if uh, so our audience want to get in touch with you, how could they do that
4: so everything I'm talking about, you can find it on my website, Dr. K Chaudhry. but also just um going to my social media, which I think is also just dr k Chaudhary or dr. Colreet Chaudhry. Okay. but I'm pretty good at answering questions on social media
2: okay, so uh, i tell you that. Uh, the uh, radio audience is uh, getting ready to pull off. Uh, thank you so much, the radio. radio sure. You guys are absolutely fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd, for all of the great things you're doing, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for producing a great, great show like you always. And I tell you, we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place on KCBQ. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Uh, But uh, we're going to continue this conversation. Thanks for
5: joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything
0: that you do. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn